Hey, Multiply Families, Pastor Zach. Hey, listen, today's Thursday. I'm about to leave for my graduation in Virginia. First off, I want to say thank you to everyone who sent me texts and phone calls uh, to congratulate me on my PhD. Uh, today is Sunday when you're going to be seeing this. I'm actually right down the road in Charlotte. I have the opportunity to speak at a Samaritan Seed event. So you're in for a treat. You're able to listen to one of my favorite communicators of all time. This person's going to make you laugh. He's going to make you cry. He's going to make you wish you were Italian. And he's going to let you know that if you ever cross him, he's got a cousin, Vinny, who's going to come after you. So can you give it up for my friend, someone I respect dearly, Mr. Frank Canador? Well, good morning. I, you know, I thought he got his GED. I didn't think he got his PhD. I mean, so, but anyway, good for Zach. You know, you got a good man right there. You know that, don't you? He's got a funky beard, but he's a good man, right? And uh, you need to be praying for him, okay, because God's doing some mighty things through his touch on Lake Norman, mighty things through his touch on this community. And uh, I love Zach, and I, I know he's doing great things, and, uh, and we're, just, we're just thankful for him. He can't hit a golf ball, but that's a whole other story for another day. He'll he, watch. Next week I'll be on a course with him, and he'll be betting today's offering with me about just kidding. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Sorry, I feel a little hoarse today. I had some <clears throat> gum in. You know, you know, you stick some gum in for bad breath, right? But I, I like what my dad used to say, bad breath's better than no breath at all. You know what I mean? So it's just, so, it, it, you know, I, I've got a, I got a little bit of a, of, a, of a frog in my throat. Roll with me. I want to talk to you today about the family and how, how the family thrives here at Multiply Lake Norman. The family thrives here at Multiply Extension. But I want you to know that the family thrives because you make it thrive. Your family thrives. I was talking to some young lady out here. They need some help with the kids. They got one girl in there with 500 kids. She's going nuts. She started off this morning as a brunette. She's got gray hair right now. We're getting ready for it. So give her some help. Try to give her some help. If you want to plug in and be a, be a, a, a facilitator of family life here at Lake Norman, see whoever you got to see. And uh, Sam, you'll get them there, right? They can see you. You'll find them there and, uh, and help out here. Uh, aren't you glad for people that pour into your kids? You know, I pray all the time for my kids and my grandkids that, uh, you, know, you know, if I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher and we do as parents and grandparents at time, I pray God send other people into their life that will say something profound. You see, I don't give a rip. I almost said a bad word. <laughs> I, almost, I, I don't give a rip who gets the credit but God. It's amazing what we can do in the kingdom of God if we don't give a rip who gets the credit but God, right? So God's going to use people in this room to bless your kids and your grandkids and uh, help them flourish in the kingdom. Amen? All right. Listen, I love this quote. It's from Nicky Gumbel. Nicky Gumbel is a is uh, uh, this, the guy who started Alpha. If you've been in church at all, you've heard of the Alpha program. He was an Anglican priest. I love, I love what he's saying. Oh, let's kick back first. Let's kick back. I want you to see my crew. So here's the, so that's my crew. I got, I've, I've got four grandkids, or no, I got eight grandkids. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. I'm getting here, right? I got four kids. They got wonderful spouses. All my kids, listen. When my wife, when we were, the kids first got born, I remember when Frankie came along, little type, we began to pray for their spouse. Ahead of time, you pray for your kid's spouse, right? I mean, God delivers. Listen, 
God gave my kids spouses that are nicer than them. I mean, I, I, I mean, he just, he delivers. And he knows exactly what they need. And together, I'm so thankful for my kids serving Jesus. I got one on deck. We're waiting, and God's going to deliver. God, listen, and then all my, my grandkids, I mean, you see them all there. Listen, we believe in the family. I grew up where family was everything. And then about 20 years old, I realized Jesus was everything. So I'm here to tell you today, it's Jesus and family are everything. Are everything. And so by the grace of God, let's take a look at this quote. Church is not an organization you join. It's a family where you belong. It's a house where you are loved, and it's a hospital where you find healing. Do you notice it's church and family? Right? I mean, you've got to fight for that. Listen, listen to this old man, okay? Nothing else matters. It's Jesus, it's family, and it's everything else. Everything else. And you've got a church that believes that. We believe in the dotted I's and the cross T's of doing life. We have to do life, right? But listen, there's certain things you fight for in life. Fight for Jesus. Fight for that relationship with Jesus Christ. And fight for your family. Fight for your family. Culture has uh, got a full court press against our families. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he in the world. Guess what? Jesus wins. And I don't want culture, the devil, or all his imps touching my kids or my grandkids. And listen, we need the church to be the family of God. We need to come alongside these families, and we need you to be families. God wants to use the uniqueness of you to present the uniqueness of him in the uniqueness of his church. And God will use you if you give him your all. So I love that. I love that quote. And then I love, I love the next one. You know, when you think about church's family, you see the, those two churches up there, Torrington, Connecticut. I grew up in both those churches. The first, St. Peter's. Roman Catholic Church, nobody stoned me, all right? Italian, Roman Catholic, that's where we went, 1907. The archdiocese up there planted St. Peter's Church. You know why? For Italian immigrants. In 1905, guess who came over through Ellis Island? My grandfather at two years old with his mom and dad. And when they settled into Torrington, you see, the church back in the day established parishes. It's much like we do now. That's why you got main campus Concord. That's why you got Lake Norman. That's why you got Harrisburg. That's why you got all these, wherever Zach shows up. I, you know, I, I don't know where he shows up. He gives you names this long. Okay, show me on a map. I have no clue where this stuff is. Okay? I mean, I, 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 did we take ge geography in school? Yeah, I, I must have cheated off somebody for that because I don't remember anything. So I don't know where it is, but in all those places, it is a parish model. So way back in the day, in that little town, here's what happened. You had Italian Roman Catholic Church. You had an Irish Roman Catholic Church. You had, a, you had a Polish Roman Catholic Church. You had the different immigrants where they did life together. I grew up and I went there. You know who my priests were? Father Botticelli and Father Graziani. I'm not, a, listen, all I knew about them is, that, okay, I remember asking my mother one day, who are these guys? To you, they're God. Okay. I mean, I was, <laughs> they were my moral authorities, and they spoke into my life. I, I knew two things. You went to church, okay, and you feared God. And I was so thankful for that. 
And that there were a moral authorities in my life. Father Botticelli, eight years old, I was getting uh, First Holy Communion. And I went up to the, the, the anybody grew up in the Catholic Church? Raise your, oh, geez, hey, let me see your knuckles. Okay, good. That's for, so, so, so I remember going, and, and I'm standing there, and, I'm, I, and we're going to have this, this big event, this, this, this First Holy Communion, and, and I go to Sister Superior. Everybody has a Sister Superior. She's mean. She should have got married. I mean, I don't know. She, she, but anyway, I made Sister Superior, and I said, listen, I got to get out of here. I got a ball game at 11 o'clock, and this is like 9 o'clock, and we're still waiting to go in. I got a robe on. I, I don't know what I'm I look like an angel. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that whatever the guy says in front of me, I'm going to say, and I'm moving on, okay? And, and she says, well, why don't you go ask Monsignor? I walked over to Monsignor, yanked down his robes, and Monsignor, I got to get to a game. We, we're running behind here. We got to go. I got to get to a ball game. She thought he was going to, he looked at me, he goes, Frankie, we'll be ready, and I'll bring you to that game. Now, listen, I, it doesn't mean nothing to you, but that was an established moral authority in my life. So he took care of business. He lit up his stogie. He threw me in an old Lincoln, and we went to the game. And you know what? Father Botticelli, until he died, came to my ball games. I found out later in life, you know why he did? He made a decision in life to either follow God into the priesthood or play minor league ball with the Cubs. He loved the game. He died to the game. And somehow, some way, he fought like me. He must have saw himself in me. But he was an established moral authority in my life. Father Graziani did the same thing. So I'm thankful. So when you look in the rearview mirror of life, whether you had a great experience or not, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for a family that understood parish life, understood what it meant. We went, listen, I remember my father saying, you're going to church today. I said, you coming? He goes, no. I said, what? He says, you think this is a democracy? It's a dictatorship. Go to church. And we went to church. Gave me a buck to throw into the, into the that's why tithing rocked my world. I, I've been giving bucks for all years, and then all of a sudden I got to get 10%. I think, what's going on? I ain't making it. I mean. My wife secret tithe for years. And then one day I'm thinking, like, how much are we giving? She told me. And I, listen, I went to church that day at, at, at First Assembly, and the pastor gave a message on tithing. The missionary guest gave a, mission, a, a, a message on tithing. I thought I was set up. I said, I can't give you that much to set up all these speakers to talk to me about tithing. But you know what? It wasn't set up. And it was a principle that God instilled into me. And we've been doing it ever since. Side note. Don't know why I went there. Anyway. <laughs> later on in 1979, I got saved. And here's how I got saved. That other church. So you see St. Peter's Church on one side. The other church is First Assembly in Torrington. I met a little skinny blonde. Good looking skinny blonde. We've been married for 44 years. And oh, Right? I mean... No, you need to applaud for her. It ain't been an easy road here. I'm just... So, so I went to church, and I would have to go on Sunday night, sneak in on Sunday night. My family was ready to throw me out. Any ex-Catholics know what that looks like? All right. Was ready. So I snuck in to sit in there. I heard the message of Christ, surrendered my life to Jesus. And what I learned in that church, when I look in the rearview mirror of life, I learned in that church what it means to understand the love of Jesus, that Christ laid it down for me, that if it was just Frankie Cannon or he was going to lay it down for me, 
understood the fear of God, embraced the love of God, surrendered my life to him. In that church, not only did I get saved, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Right over there on this side in Torrington, in that altar, right in front of an organ, I kneeled down and I felt like God called me into full-time ministry. And I've been in Christian education for over 40 years because of the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of that church and a family church that poured into me. So listen, I'm here to tell you, church is not an organization you join. It's a family where you belong, a house where you're loved, and a hospital where you find healing. And we need to grow the church through the family. God needs to see healthy families, right? God needs, needs to empower you to be a healthy family. This church needs healthy families. Some people come from dysfunctional backgrounds. Not everything, uh, everything in life is, is, is easy or has, hasn't been difficult. Maybe you look back in the rearview mirror and there's some junk, but God will help you to look back and see something good and say, okay, I ain't doing it that way now with the Lord. I'm going to do it this way for my family, and I'm going to believe God to do the rest. So the family is so important. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One generation shall praise your works to another, it says in Psalm 145.4, and declare your mighty and remarkable acts. One generation. Maybe you're the start generation. Maybe you're the second or third generation. Sit around the table at home. Don't complain about the church. Praise Christ in what he did in your life and what he's doing. Give them perspective. Don't allow any bitter seed to, to, to settle in. Even if you are still waiting for God to come through, I'm here to tell you, he's just around the corner. And we serve a big God. And just maybe you got to carry that load that you're carrying for your kid or grandkid down the road. And I'm telling you, it's all worth it. Family's family. Fight for your family and be sure that you come to a place where you understand the responsibility. This, this Psalm 145 is a, is a Psalm of David. It's a praise hymn. Verse 2 says, everything and every day I will praise him. If, if you could have thrown the Canada tr translation in, I'd put in there even if you don't feel it. You see, these boys and your worship crew, I mean... If you can't feel it with that, you, your feeler's gone. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the, those songs and the, those words, they just speak to you, right? But life isn't a worship set. Do you hear me? But the same God that's in the middle of me right there worshiping God is in the middle of me in my junk on Wednesday. The same God that's right here with me and my family worship God is in the middle of me as we navigate life as a family and trust God to do his miracles. So understand the power of God, the power of praise. Push pause. Don't watch it. What's that golf tournament? What's it? Wells Fargo, whatever it is. Push pause. Push pause on that. Read Psalm 145 and just, and just take time to praise him. To praise him. Covers every aspect of praise. Exact praise. Blessed praise. Pro proclamation pra praise. Meditation praise. How we speak. How we share. How we think. You know God can take care of your and mine stinking thinking? 
Anybody else got sneaking thinking but me? Right? Anybody else, like, think, okay, that voice isn't the Holy Spirit. That voice is, right? Remember that song? They got that song out there, I hear voices all the time. Don't get worried. I'm good. (laughs) But, But listen, there's the Holy Spirit is discerning enough in you to be able to pull out of you the things you need in the midst of your battles. Listen, the whole purpose is our kids matter. Our kids matter. I've prayed for years. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I want these grandkids, I want, I, I want my kids to surrender every part of their life to Jesus. Everything. Every piece of it. I don't want them to, listen, I don't want them just sticking their toe in the pool. I want them doing a cannonball. Because I want to see God do what I know God will do. Because God's going to use the uniqueness of each of these kids and grandkids, each of you and your families, to present the uniqueness of him through the uniqueness of this church family, all giving him the glory. God's in the business of helping you and blessing you to do that. I love this, this slide from Francis Chan. I want you just to chew on this for a minute. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't matter. Chew on that sucker for a minute. Right? If it's Jesus, if it's family, and it's everything else. What's your everything else? Is it work? What's your everything else? Is it time away from your family? What's your everything else? Is it a game? Is it, what's your everything else? If it's before Jesus or before family, die to it today and fight to keep Jesus first. Fight for your family and allow this church to fight with you for your family. I've seen the, ch- listen, I've had people walk up to me that we, we prayed for years ago in a little church in Torrington and come up and they're serving God today. I wouldn't have known their face, but I remember being at the altar and some grandmother coming up saying, pray for, bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. They need God. And God just delivers in his timing. We're, listen, life stinks in the waiting room. Right? It stinks in the waiting room. But I'm here to tell you, God's there with you. And there's a purpose for the waiting room. There's a purpose for the waiting room. Let God perfect himself as you wait. As you wait for him to come through in whatever you're petitioning him for. How do you keep the main thing the main thing? You've got to take time. You've got to take time to digest that powerful quote. Francis Chan, if you ever watch any of his clips, read any of his books, I mean, he just cuts through the slack. Tell me how you really feel. Our greatest fear, chew on this, please, take a picture of this, should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't matter. I could have, be the richest man in the world. I could have the Greatest toys. If I don't have a relationship with my kids or grandkids, 
If I don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's a distraction. I need to die to it. Gets a little quiet because we're at Lake Norman. You guys got all the nice stuff. <laughs> hey, family matters. It's Jesus. It's family. And it's everything else. It's Jesus. It's family. And it's everything else. Well, let's take a look for a minute at Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4. That, this is a wisdom psalm. Now, I want you to think about this. There's all kinds of definitions for wisdom. Here's the bottom line. Wisdom is the skillful management of life. Eugene Peterson gives you that definition. Wisdom's the skillful management of life. I've heard it this way, and so have you. Wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. Wisdom is knowing what to say and when to say it. Right? This is a wisdom psalm, and it puts in perspective the goals that we need to have for the generations around us. Just maybe it's your time to bless an older generation. Just maybe it's your time to step back into time and make amends, what needs, amends that need to be made so that you can continue to bless all the generations. The principle of sowing and reaping works whether we believe it or not. It's biblical. I want to sow forgiveness. You know why? Because I'm a turkey and I need a lot of forgiveness. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I need to do every. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I dropped the ball. But life's too short. God's too great. And my family means too much to let any of my junk get in the way of living wholeheartedly for Christ. Amen? Beloved ones, listen to this instruction. Open your heart to the revelation. One of my prayers for the past three years is, God, would you give my kids and grandkids a fresh revelation of you? A fresh revelation. Let them see you in something miraculous. Let them see you, let them see you at the mountaintop. Let them see you in the valley. But give them a fresh revelation of you. Open your heart to the revelation of this mystery that I share with you. A parable and a proverb are hidden in what I say an intriguing riddle from the past. We've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. you got a rich heritage. Do you know that? We'll continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generation, the great marvels of God, His miracles, His power that have brought us this far. I'm going to tell you a quote from a great theologian that's not on here. It's from Yogi Berra. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. I'm telling you, I'm going to believe to the end. I'm going to trust God to the end. Remember my mother-in-law, saint of God. She was getting ready to pass away and go to glory. I said, Ma, I need you around. I need you to pray. She goes, oh, Frankie, I'm not stopping praying for you when I get to the other side. Listen, you say, I don't know if that's theological. I don't care. <laughs> that's my mom. That's my mother-in-law. 
That's a moral authority in my life that prayed me through junk that I didn't deserve her prayers. So if she says she's praying, I'm sorry. Stick it in the message somewhere. I don't know. I mean, put it, find another translation. Throw it in there. Put the footnote, Joyce Ashburn. Actually, I believe it, right? What's it say in Hebrews? Once we're surrounded by those heavenly cloud of witnesses. So that means those that have gone on are sitting in the grandstands looking down. I believe she's praying for me. I believe she's rooting me on. I believe she's doing that for all my kids and all my grandkids. I'm 64 years old. It won't be long that I might join her. I'm hoping it's not tomorrow. But I know she's saving a seat for all of us. There's an Italian saying. My grandmother used to say it to us all the time. Family means no one gets left behind and no one gets forgotten. No one gets left behind and no one gets forgotten. You say, but you don't understand. My kids disappoint me. Did you ever disappoint your father and mother? Are we that fickle that we're going to let a disappointment, a detour, a hurt, or a pain stop us from loving our kids and grandkids and believing that God's going to do miraculous things through them? God's going to send people into their path for all of my kids. If I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher to them, how many think you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher to your kids sometimes? Look at somebody. Do you know who Charlie? Look at some of these young kids. Who's Charlie Brown? I mean, <laughs> what's happening to us? We're talking about headsets and virtual reality, and they don't know Charlie Brown. I mean, <clears throat> wah, 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 wah. Well, listen, if I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, I'm, listen, my God's big enough to send somebody else into their lives to confirm the message of the cross, to answer my prayers, to answer Joyce's prayers, and to bring them into a place where they're touching their generation for Jesus. God's that big. I'm telling you, God's that big. Look at, my, look at this picture of my grandkids. There was a tag team fight right before this, so it does, I mean... They're not this spiritual. I mean, I mean, no, there wasn't. They were pretty good. Actually, this picture, look, look on the top. You see the shade on the top? That's my finger. I took 500 pictures with my finger in it. Right? They're all, my kids are trying to fix it. Right? Like, like, Pop, you got to, all of them are talking to me. Move your finger. I'm not listening. Uh, who cares? Just sit there. Smile. Click, 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 click. You know you're in trouble when you're, my, my, you know, my, my little one, Elsie, she gets my phone. Puts my code in. She's four years old. She's ordering, oh, oh, Amazon. Oh, let's get this. She's ordering things from, I don't even know how to do it. Every one of those grandkids. Look at that quote. Children, our living messages we send to a time we will not see. I don't know how they're going to make it. With this full court press and culture, Sam, I, I don't get it, man. I, I mean, you know, but I'm sure to, uh, those that prayed before said, man, I don't know what it's going to be like when you and I are here. But guess what? 
no matter how much the devil throws our way, no matter how funky culture is, I serve a God that's bigger. And so do you. So allow God to be perfected in who you are. God didn't make any junk. My wife's a A story. She never got a blow an A. I never got an A in my life. I, if I got a C, I was in revival. One of my kids went to school, first went to school. There was a big meeting with one of the teachers. Oh, we got to meet. got to meet one of the teachers. Well, oh, Frankie blew it on the test. So I was sitting in a meeting, and Kristen comes in. She says, okay, what do we need to do to get this grade up? The kid got a 94. Are you kidding? <laughs> the kid's five years old. What's he going to do, extra credit to get 100? I didn't get a 94 in my first six years of school. God wants to use the uniqueness of you to present the uniqueness of him. Listen, he'll pull us together. He'll pull us together. He'll perfect our ways. He gives you talents and abilities. He knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't make any junk. He puts you together perfectly. And he says, I want to perfect you. You've got something to offer. The world and, and, and your, your comrades and your paisan. Hey, be be careful who you're hanging around with. Hang around people that speak life. Speak life. That's why you got small groups. That's why you got tribes. We used to call them Sunday school. I don't know what happened to Sunday school. I mean, <laughs> find people that are going to confirm your prayers and get alongside your kids and your grandkids. Find a church just like this. You know how blessed you are. Don't take it for granted. You say, I just show up once in a while on Sunday. That's a start. Now plug in. Think what I can do. My kids are grown. I've, that ship sailed. Okay, well, be a new father influence into somebody else's life. There's a fatherless generation out there. Step in, moms and dads. Help your neighbors. Help your church. Be the family of God. 11.26, I'm supposed to be done 11.30. You know what the chances that are? <laughs> so both the church and the home, our job is to give roots and then give them wings. All right. You're just, you got to know, how many, how many like have little babies? We got to get the ball rolling here, guys. There's no kids. I mean, I mean. Do you going to have a marriage class or something? Do we figure this thing out? I mean, <laughs> how many have kids they want to sell? We got a few. I, I... So listen, no, I, no, that analogy is down the tube. I got three people in here to have a kid. Ah, me. Yeah. Oh, baby. I'm sorry. That's right. Do you even have a nursery? Is there a nursery? Oh, that's awesome. Praise God. <laughs> you want to give roots, right? We do our best, right? That's the family sits down. We pray. We, we, we empower. We, it's our job to bring our kids to, to church. It's our job to have family devotions. Do you know it's the most... In this season of life, you know what we're doing at, 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 our, at our school? We're going back to the basics. It's called the Bible Engagement Project. We're going to start memorizing Scripture again, Trey. We're going to come back and just, just do the simple things. We're going to write the Scriptures out. We're, because this is a season where, where 
there's biblical illiteracy everywhere. People don't know Moses from Moses Malone. Does anybody here know Moses Malone? People, people don't understand Genesis from Revelation. They're third, fourth generation. COVID's thrown us a curveball. Culture's thrown us a curveball. So the church has to come alive. And we got to get back and be back to basics. We have to make sure that, that we give the proper roots. And then you come to a church that is preaching what you're trying to live at home. And then we plug in. And as families, we lock arms. And we get our kids connected with like-minded kids. Right? We get our kids connected with what they're going to go to school with, they're going to, they're going to play ball with, they're going to be on a, on a worship team with. When the Crowder boys bring some young bucks and buckets up here to learn worship, guess what's going to happen? They're going to learn how to worship Jesus Christ, then they're going to a place and a time we won't see, and they're going to rock the world with their giftings as those boys and this crew pour into them. Roots and wings. Can I encourage you dads? Can I encourage you moms? Wherever you are, be all there. That cell phone, I, I bet you I could skim it 15 times across Lake Norman. But then I wouldn't know where to go tomorrow. <laughs> Kristen, do I work anymore? I mean, it's, it's, it's getting to that point. I'm sorry. But don't let that be a distraction. Don't sit around a dinner table and not talk about the marvels and the mysteries of God. And be ordering your next dozen golf balls on Amazon. Eliminate the distractions. Eliminate the distractions so you can dial in to relationship. Dial in to relationship. Wherever you are, be all there. Grandparents, be all there. I love every one of these turkey kids, these grandkids. I love my, I love my kids. I love these grandkids. These grandkids are so much nicer than my kids, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. I love them all. God's made miraculous provisions. Trey and I, we just walked through a miracle of what God did with provision. Little Macy Joy was born, born with a half a heart. You talk about a valley, you talk about a waiting room, three open heart surgeries. She's in first grade now, taking gymnastics. She can outrun me. We serve a great God. God, I wear this ring because I say, God, listen, that was a ring I started wearing. It's a wedding ring because I got her. I got, you know. I, I. So, but I started wearing a red ring to remember to pray for that little girl every moment when she was walking through that journey. And then in the middle of it, in my prayer time, I felt like God was saying to me, every time you see that red ring, Frankie boy, pray for not only the physical healing of that little girl's heart, but pray for the spiritual healing of all the hearts of your kids and grandkids. So I pray every time I look at that ring. Well, as many times as I can remember. I don't want to say every time. God, I go right through the list from the oldest to the youngest. From the oldest to the youngest who's working. Well, actually, no, you're the youngest. And just believe that God's going to 
do miraculous things with them. And I want them to find a church. Listen. This isn't going to go over well, but I'm going to say it. Because I don't care. I, want to, I would love all my kids to be under one church roof. But more important than that, I want all my kids to be in a church that's preaching the Bible and preaching Jesus Christ. Hear what I'm saying? So don't get distracted, mom, dad, grandparent. Oh, I wish they came. To, are they going to church? Praise the Lord, they're going to church. And I want them to be part of churches that meet their needs to help them to grow as a family. I love this final slide. It says, anything worth having is worth fighting for. Oh, no, 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 no. i got to show you this one here. So it's great. They look wonderful. They look great. Let me show you my one granddaughter who's at Liberty. She's beautiful, isn't she? Yeah. i got hitmen all around her at Liberty. (laughs) One would think she prays a lot with those jeans. Back in the day, that meant shorts, rip, 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 and they, those jeans became shorts, right? You just cut them off, right? But now, oh, look, oh, we got some here too. Look at this. We got. You guys on a Snapchat on how to cut holes in your knees or what? I, I love this girl. Oh, she's beautiful inside and out. She loves Jesus. I don't. I could call her anytime. She picks up the phone. Hey, got any boys giving you grief? No. Good. Where are you? She's three hours away. Oh, I'm actually at, you know, Sweet Frogs with a friend. Did you pay or did she pay? I mean, you know, I'm just nosy, right? But she picks up and we talk. Life isn't always a portrait. A few years earlier, this is how she showed up in my house. Quick, take it off. There's going to be nightmares. Quick, take. <laughs> Sometimes life feels that way. Right? But when she showed up the other way, we didn't throw her away. We helped her mother realize she can't comb her hair with an egg beater anymore. And we bought her a comb. And the medication helped a lot. (laughs) This final thing, not bad. I'm close. Everybody turned to, oh, four minutes over. Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. Nope, (laughs) I just blew through it. Five minutes and I'm out of here, I promise. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and remain constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation with your family, with your loved ones, and with the church. Let's not do what the world does, and that's bury our wounded. Let's get our arms around them in the church. Let's let's get our arms around our families that are walking wounded, our kids and our grandkids that need us. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And remain constant in prayer. 
Back in the day, Louisville Slugger made a stock bat. It's a P-72. You got to hang with me here now because you guys that don't like baseball, you're going to think, what's going on here? I'm going to do my best giving you a tutorial. It's a stock bat. It's just a wooden bat. So when kids were making the, the, the adjustment from college back in the day when we were with the aluminum bat and into the pros, not everybody got a bat with their signature on it. You went through and you picked out a stock bat. The P-72 was one of the most popular. They retired it in 2014 when Derek Jeter retired. This same style bat is around, but they call it a DJ2 now because they retired that P-72. Let me say this. Every family in here sometimes feels just doing time. We're just a stock family. This church is just another church. It's a stock church. Here's a bat. My son-in-law played minor league ball. He chose a P-72. Played ball with the Oreos and the Cardinals. He put up on top here in, in Magic Marker, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He's not playing baseball anymore, so he probably couldn't hit a curveball, but that's a whole other story. He's got a cross with his initials here because he was going to play the game of baseball for Jesus. We're going to do life for Jesus. We've been around the block a few times. We're going to finish strong and we're going to live for him with every part of who we are. When I was a kid and I needed a bat, my father didn't go to the store and buy me a bat. He said, go down to the field, get a broken bat. I'd find a broken bat and we'd come back into the cellar and he'd, he'd go over there and he'd put it in the vise and, and he would glue it and screw it and tape it. He said, here's your bat. I'm here to tell you. This bat is like new. It's got a little tape. It's got a screw and some glue. But you don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little. In the church, there's the walking wounded. In our families, there are walking wounded. I'm thankful for a father that took time to take an old bat and go to the basement and do what it took to make it usable for me. Are you willing to do that for your family? Church, are you willing to do that for other families here? And then, a few years later, there was a guy in Winston, Connecticut, in a little garage that was going to try to enter the market with some new bats. So he was making them for this wooden bat league and on a, on a lathe in his garage. And, and I don't think they're around anymore, but his name was Izzy. He was making an Izzy bat. My son Zach, who's a phenomenal baseball player, loved the game since he was little. He was a little guy, about the size of Benton. My grandson, and, and they made him a bat. And it's an Izzy. And then they personalized it. Zachary Canador. I'm here to tell you, you're an Izzy. You're not some stock bat. You're somebody special. 
You're somebody unique. God put you together perfectly. Listen, take your junk to Jesus. Take it to the church. Fight for it in the family and watch what God can do. I'm so thankful for Izzy. It's just a reminder. So even Izzy's autographed with my kid's name. That P72, you know what it, you know who used it? Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken, Robin Young, all Hall of Famers. When they got their bat, it didn't say P72, it had their name on it. So be an Izzy. Autograph your life with excellence. End up in the Hall of Fame for Jesus. Fight for your family. Listen to this old man. I'm done. It's Jesus. Listen to me. It's your family. And it's everything else. God is that big so that we can press reset and we can do great things for God by taking care of our hearts with Jesus, taking care of our families, taking care of our church family, being paisans. I pray you live for Jesus. I pray you get what I'm trying to say because I'm here to tell you these kids and grandkids in your church, in your home, are going to a place we will never see. I want them to go there full of Jesus and his power and his might. Let's continue to tell the stories. And maybe you'll be an old geezer like me. I was going to say old fart, but you're not supposed to say fart up here. But it just came out, okay? So maybe you'll be an old geezer like me one day and be sitting around a table and listen to your kids and grandkids tell of the miraculous works of this great God. Amen? God bless you. Let's stand as we worship together.